welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to another episode of the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. Great to have you joining us again today as we are in our new season of episodes and just really love the feedback we're getting and the responses and just to encourage you to uh, share with your friends uh, these episodes that are helping you and certainly s- just subscribe so you can get them dropped to you every Friday morning. You'll have them ready to go. And uh, we doing interviews. We did one last week, got two more scheduled. So we're going to mix it up here a little bit more this season. But as always, I, I will uh, uh, want to talk about different things. And uh, for the next couple episodes, I really want to turn the attention to some sort of current event subjects that I'd like to to talk about that I think are really important. You know, there's times those of you that listen know I, I've done entire series of, of episodes on stress and success and happiness. And those have been some of the most popular ones that have been done. But I also have done other episodes, did a number on the coronavirus early in the early days of it on uh, a number of different themes about things you could do while you were stuck at home and feel good facts and that you could ponder and things that will never get canceled no matter what happens. And so several uh, reflections on those uh, on those various subjects and also other other topics that are current and I really want to continue to do that over the next uh, couple of weeks, and then we'll get back to another interview. And today, I want to park right there with the coronavirus because we've hit the one-year mark. Who would have believed it? One year. One year of a pandemic. On March 15th, the CDC issued their first guidance on limiting gathering sizes, and from there, we went to stay-at-home orders and lockdowns and school closings, and bam, there it is. That's that's what the last year has been like, unlike any year in my lifetime. And uh, you got to be pretty old to really have experienced anything quite like this in your lifetime. And even if you were around during World War II or the Great Depression, um, that's that that would be it. And even people who were a part of that have said this is still just like incredibly bizarre and, uh, you know, kind of surreal experience that we have been going through. And, you know, it's not over yet. It's it's on its way to being over and uh, vaccines are happening and they will continue and we will be uh, out of this sooner than later for sure. But at this one year point, it just seems like a really fitting time to reflect. I think it's always good to reflect and consider on many things in life, and again, if you've listened to, to, to my podcast, you know at the beginning of the year, I like, to, I like to put a big emphasis on that. But I think this time, it's just really important. And I want to reflect on what I consider to be the single greatest lesson that can be learned from this one year of COVID pandemic. There are lessons to be learned, but there is one that is, I think, by far, I don't think it's even close to being the absolute number one lesson. And I'm going to tease you a little bit with it. I'll get to it soon enough, believe me. But let's just do some background here for a moment. Because this pandemic has been just a giant setback. There's there's just no other way around it. And I'm a guy who's written not one, but two books 
comeback, overcoming the setbacks in your life. And the second book, very popular, Turn Your Setbacks into Comebacks. And I know all about setbacks and comebacks. And this pandemic has been a gigantic, gigantic setback. And one of the keys that I talk about is learning the lesson from your setback. So why would we not practice that in the biggest, most giant setback that we have ever experienced? Now, let's just clear something up right from the start. No American is at fault for COVID-19. This isn't that type of thing where you have to look at your own individual life as far as the origination of the pandemic. It's how did you respond to it? How we have responded over the last year to this pandemic is a lesson that we have to learn. We've got to learn. We've got to look at it because listen, it has been incredibly negative. The negative impact on businesses has been enormous. I've researched and researched and it's like no one wants to actually say with any specifics how many businesses have closed, but I have read at least certain numbers that it is over 100,000 and at least one researcher speculates that as many as 60% may never reopen. I mean, what in the world? You'd have to go all the way to the Great Depression to ever experience anything like that. So it has just been an enormous hit. Now, this is not all there is to it. But that's not just businesses. How many people lost their jobs? My One of my sons lost his job right at the very beginning. How many other people have lost their jobs? Lots. The financial hit has been enormous. There is no way to get around it. It has been a gigantic challenge from a financial standpoint, from a business standpoint. No, no way, you know, no way to turn that around. Now, here's where it gets even more interesting. The, the research group Candid, along with the Center for Disaster Philanthropy, they have studied nonprofits. And they estimate that 38% of U.S. nonprofits are in jeopardy of closing within two years, all from the financial havoc caused by COVID-19. Just, I mean, let that sink in. People who lose their jobs then don't have money to give to charities and nonprofits. Grants, other forms of income because of changes in corporate situations, yes, because obviously there are those who have who've done well, I mean, it's weird to say, financially well in the pandemic because whatever their particular business was was something that was greatly needed. And so for those folks, it has not been the case. But there's all kinds of other folks. If you're in the world that I'm in, the world of speaking, all the speaking engagements that have been canceled, wow, it's just been enormous, absolutely enormous. You know, if you're in fields that involve a lot of travel, there's just entire fields that have just been enormously hurt. You know, you keep hearing this idea, you know, work from home, work from home. Well, not everyone can work from home. There are jobs that simply are not designed to be done from home. And so for them, it's it's a huge, huge impact. So you've got the impact on businesses, on jobs, on philanthropy on nonprofits. Oh boy. Now this of course doesn't even get into the health issue when you have over a half uh half a million people die, which is again unprecedented, absolutely unbelievable. So that 
that's happened, all the people that have been hospitalized, all the things that have taken place, no denying it, have no interest in playing that down in any way, shape, or form. In terms of the lesson that I will share, it does not deny any of the realities that have taken place. My brother-in-law spent five days in a hospital. I understand. I've, I don't personally know anyone that's died from COVID, but I know people that have gotten sick, people that have had it, a number of people have had it. And so that there's that whole part of it, the stress that have put on the healthcare system and the people that work in healthcare has just been just been absolutely enormous. I think if you're talking about an impact that is the greatest impact of all of these in terms of the greatest lesson learned. So again, linking together the greatest impact negatively, negative impact with the greatest lesson, then I believe we are talking about the children and, and, and teenagers, kids and teens. They have experienced the biggest setback of their young lives. That is just undeniable. The closing of public schools has just been an, an absolute disaster, an absolute disaster. What it has done to these kids and their learning has just been terrible. It has been terrible. And, and you're talking about huge numbers. When you talk about all the school children and teens, elementary, middle school, high school in this country, and all these kids that have been, been impacted in this way, it is not a small number. It is a gigantic number. It is a massively, massively, massively big number. There's just no, again, there's no getting around that. It's a huge, huge number. And of course, what is interesting is in Europe, the schools have not been closed. In fact, they were reopened in the summer and largely stayed open ever since. Kind of weird. Europe is the closest to America in terms of uh, Western society and culture. I've been to Europe many times, been to many, many of the countries in Europe. I'm pretty familiar with it. And it's the closest comparison point. Their schools have been open. Our schools have been closed. Why? Why? We'll get there, but let's just, again, lay a little more of the foundation here for what we're talking about. Children have learned far less than they normally would have learned. It's undeniable fact. Undeniable fact. Children have had far less interactions with their friends than they ever have had before. Academic achievement has dropped. Extracurricular events have virtually disappeared for these kids. Entire sports seasons canceled. Or, or moved in such a way that it's just not even really the same. Devastating. Absolutely devastating. I mean, if you're going to do this to kids, boy, there, there better be overwhelming evidence. Overwhelming evidence before you do something like this. How about the mental health impact? It's absolutely heartbreaking. The nonprofit Fair Health did... A study in which they looked at 32 billion healthcare claims. Yeah, it's be, be 
that many healthcare claims. American teens seeking mental health nearly doubled insurance claims during the pandemic in 2020. Nearly doubled. In other words, just looking at insurance, health insurance claims, and seeing how many claims were about mental health for teenagers nearly doubled. I mean, that just, that tells you everything that you could ever want to know. Despair, anxiety, hopelessness, loneliness. That's it. All those things impacting our teenagers. It's already a challenging time in life to begin with, and then this happens. Now, some may say, hey, you know, Rick, this is the inevitable results of a pandemic. And I would say, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, sorry, not true. Maybe a, a, a real big time pandemic, you know, where, uh, where lots and lots and lots of people die, where, where three out of 10 or four out of 10, but we're, again, I am not discounting in any way, shape or form any human life that's lost. I believe strongly in the value of life. But when you're talking about a number that is so far below 1%, it is not the kind of pandemic that has mass, mass, mass casualties into the millions and millions and millions. It's a pandemic. I'm not going to disagree with that. But it's not the level of pandemic that we would then just say, hey, there's just nothing else that can be done. That is not what this was about. So, the greatest lesson to be learned is how fear made all of this so much worse. So much worse. It was bad. It still is bad. But it was so much worse. It is so much worse than it had to be. Fear, here's, here's how we would say it to you. The greatest lesson is this, how fear as a mental construct fueled an inferno that scorched our land. Oh, wow, worked hard on that one. So I think I'll say it a few more times probably. The lesson is how fear as a mental construct, in other words, what we did in our minds in regards to fear, fueled an inferno that spread across our land and scorched it, burned it. Fear dictated decisions more than science. Yes, that's it. That's the fact. There's just, just, just cannot be denied un unless you're just not being honest. Fear dictated decisions more than science when it came to our children. There are those who believe fear is necessary to make wise choices about safety and suffering. I don't agree with that, by the way. I don't think that it's necessary. Fear is not necessary to make wise choices 
about safety and suffering. But I understand what people mean by that, that the fear motivates. But here's what I want to say to you. Many more people were harmed by fear than benefited from it. Especially our children and young people. They were harmed by fear much more than they ever benefited from fear. Now you talk about people that are 65 and above, it's a whole different story. Because that's where the vast, vast majority of all deaths came from and continue to come from. But when you talk about young people, children, teens, young people, fear harmed them more than fear protected them. Adults have a strong instinct to protect children, whether they're they're, their own children or, or others. It's unnatural for children to proceed parents in in death. I get it. I understand that. I got to do a funeral tomorrow for a 35-year-old young adult and uh, it's heartbreaking. There's no doubt about it. I understand the emotion. So, emotion overrode science and thinking. And we closed the schools to protect the children and the teachers. Although, again, teachers can, some can teach from home if they need to. But the children could have been together. And many of the teachers weren't in any sort of, of, of any of those high-risk categories at all anyway. Again, here's the facts. COVID-19 has killed far fewer children than the flu or pneumonia usually do. It's just, those are statistical realities. They've been quoted time and time again. Now, you got to let that sink in because flu and pneumonia are around every single year. And we never close down all the schools. And yet, the schools were completely shut down in the vast majority of this country. The schools just reopened a matter of weeks ago where I live in Virginia. So essentially an entire year. What else are just straight up facts that you, you that you just can't deny? Here it is. The early scientific consensus was that the virus was not dangerous for children. And guess what? That ended up being proven true. And that was proven true a long time ago, which is why Europe started school again in the summer. Once they figured out what they thought was the case was in fact the case, then there, there, that was it. There was nothing else to talk about. We didn't follow the science. We let our fear for our children create unchecked emotion and impulse. Fear is innate in us to avoid physical harm and death, but not to twist the truth and give in to anxiety and stress, which is precisely what happened. And who suffered? Millions and millions and millions and tens of millions of children and young people suffered because of 
a fear-based response, not a science-based response, a fear-based response. These are simply facts. For those from 1 to 24, COVID-19 has proved to be only about one-tenth, as in 10%, as dangerous as driving in a car. In a car. One-tenth, 10%. Kids are driving in cars every day. It's way more dangerous than anything from COVID-19. And yet we took a year of school away from them, of social interactions, of events, of learning. Wow. Here's another. Suicide is a much bigger risk for teenagers and young adults than COVID-19 has ever been, ever will be. What we did to the kids' mental health by in a fear-based response damaged and hurt them far greater, far greater than anything about COVID-19. Now, these are the facts. They are undeniable. They're the statistical realities. We've got to look at this lesson and learn from it. The lesson of giving into fear. And letting fear dictate over science, over intellect. During the pandemic, protocols were established. Okay, establish the protocols. And once the protocols were established, then there's no reason to shut down schools. Or businesses and churches for that matter. Once that was established within the first couple of months, the entire focus should have been on following the protocols while staying open. Not, in other words, both and thinking. Both and. Not either or. Both follow the protocols and stay open. Not follow the protocols or close. Or how about close and then still follow the protocols? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. And it's just what it's done to our children. I just am so, so concerned about the impact it's already had and what is going to take place. Very, very concerning. Here's what I know. Fear rules if we let it. Either fear wins or faith wins. And fear won and America lost. And that's the, that's the byline. Fear won, America lost. When people choose fear, they are deciding not to manage or overcome their fear. They just deciding we're not going to manage it and we're certainly not going to overcome it. Their default mode becomes fear. The default mode of the last year has been fear. Now there's good news, and the good news is that this can change. Yeah, we can learn how negative our fearful response was and decide to be different in the future. That's what it means to identify a lesson and then learn from the lesson and say, yeah, this is not the way to do it. This is not the approach to take. The science said it's not going to harm children. Very low, 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 low possibility. 
more kids died from flu and pneumonia than died from COVID. And people say, well, if all the kids were back at school, that would have been indifferent. No, that's maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. See, that's the thing. Maybe not. So why don't you leave the schools open and see what happened? But we didn't do that. We didn't do that. We can master how we feel. Yes. We can master how we interpret. We can master how we direct our lives. By anticipating and controlling our thoughts, we can reduce the fear. There it is. It takes practice. Yeah, it takes practice. It takes practice. And if you practice enough, you can get real good at it. I'm, I'm, I'm good at it. I'm real good at managing fear because I practiced how to feel, interpret, and direct my life. I've contr- I control my thoughts. During this entire pandemic, I have been tested five times for COVID-19 and I have never had it. And during the last year, I've been on 28 different airplanes, traveled to nine different states, eaten out at all kinds of restaurants, continued to work out at the gym, worshipped at my church. Yeah, I wore a mask, washed my hands more than I ever have in my life, kept physically distant when possible, and no problems, no problems at all. You follow the protocols, the protocols will work. You don't have to shut everything down. It doesn't have to be done. It's not necessary. Absolutely not necessary to have done all this. You know, it's interesting on the scale uh, one Texas health department came up with. They had moderate high in the in the moderate high category was eating inside in a restaurant, attending a funeral, which I did and and I've done a couple and I'll do another one, as I said, tomorrow, traveling by plane. And then in the high risk is working out at a gym, attending a religious service with a large number of people. Done all those things, no problem. No problem at all because follow the protocols. Follow the protocols. Just follow the protocols. And you're, and you're good. Don't follow the protocols. That's another story. But shut down schools and harm children unnecessarily? Wow. Let fear dictate all types of decisions people hold up for. I mean, there's people, I just I just can't get over some of the, I mean, I've talked to people and they basically haven't, I mean, haven't left in a, in a year. Again, I've been in nine different states. I've been on 28 airplanes. I've been driving how many thousands of miles in my car. I can't imagine it. Gone to the office, gone to the gym, gone out to eat. Why would why would you put yourself through that? I read the most bizarre thing where someone said, you know, if you have to 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 work out, then you know, just slip a water bottle straw under your mask. I've never worn a mask to work out. I've worn a lot of masks in a lot of places, but not to work out. Well, I should say. Never. One time I was forced to when I was traveling and and that was horrible. But other than that, but again, you know, do the things you're supposed to do. Sanitize, clean things, all that sort of stuff. You know, throughout history in America, 
there have been people, Washington, Lincoln, FDR, Martin Luther King, who led us to overcome great challenges, and they did so by not giving in to fear. What did President Roosevelt say? The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. There it is. Lincoln, all about overcoming the fear. Martin Luther King Jr. preaching a message of love over fear. Fear has never been our friend. It never will be. It's not the approach to take. So, nothing we can do about this last year. It's, it's, it's done. We can certainly decide we're going to do better in the future. And we positively can learn from this. And not just, you know, for the next, uh, God help us if there is, ever is pandemic, but just a fear-based response to so many things in life are not helpful. It's not helpful. It's not helpful. Fear-based decisions are bad decisions. Faith-based decisions are good decisions. We can be people who work on controlling our thoughts. We can decide that we are going to practice practice how to have the right response how to have a different response and if we practice it we can be successful as you can tell I'm pretty passionate about this because I spent my career as a leader leading people in a way that keeps them from giving into fear. And it's just shocking to me to see how fear gripped an entire nation and all of our children and young people were harmed because of it. So let's uh, decide we're not going to live in fear. We're going to manage fear. We're going to overcome it. And that's going to lead to a, a, a much uh, happier, freer way of life. So there it is for this week. One-year reflection on COVID-19. Look forward to joining you again next week for another episode of the Point of Impact Podcast. You've been listening to the Point of Impact Podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.